Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is the true story of Sheila Davalu. Her loyal husband, Paul. Her dashing lover, Nelson. And her lover's beautiful girlfriend, Annalisa. Annalisa was a very attractive woman, much more attractive than Sheila. It's a tale of obsession taken to the extreme. Sheila had come up with a game that she wanted to play. That ends in bloodlust, violence and murder. Nelson was going to be hers and she doesn't care if people need to die in order for her to get him. Beware, extreme passion can lead to shocking consequences. It's spring 2001 in the upscale New York community of Pleasantville. Newlyweds Paul Christos and Sheila Davalu have recently moved to the area. Paul is a hardworking research scientist. Paul was going to school for an advanced degree and was holding down a job, so he was clearly very busy. Paul was friendly, an intelligent person, engaging. Paul met his new wife, Sheila, while studying at grad school. The romance quickly blossomed. Sheila was an attractive woman, bright woman, well-dressed, well-groomed, careful about her appearance. She had actually grown up in Iran. She spoke Farsi, she spoke Italian. She was smart. And the sophisticated beauty is also a gifted scientist, like her husband. They both had great jobs and were well-educated. I think most people thought they were the perfect couple. We're drawn to people who we feel there's a sense of familiarity. Paul and Sheila were very much in sync. They recognized themselves in each other. But soon after getting married, the demands of his teaching schedule forced Paul to study for his doctorate in public health late into the night. Paul was very much involved in his work, perhaps 
sometimes uh, too much involved in his work. Before long, the dedicated scientist isn't focusing much attention on his new wife. Paul and Sheila kind of grew apart romantically. There was no real spark in their marriage. Sexual satisfaction is a bit like the glue in a relationship. And when the sex goes, it usually means something is going on. There is a disconnect. The couple have barely been married a year, but the honeymoon period is already over. One night in the spring of 2001, Sheila goes out with a group of coworkers. They would go out at happy hours and concerts and other events. With no stimulation at home, Sheila is looking for a good time. Sheila thrives on excitement. And when she wasn't getting that dramatic energy within her marriage, she started to look elsewhere. But she doesn't have to look very far. That night, Sheila sees what she's been looking for in the shape of 34-year-old co-worker Nelson. Nelson was a successful, handsome scientist, outgoing personality. A lot of girls in the office were attracted to him. They were friendly in the office, and then they became friendlier during some company happy hours. Sheila finds herself drawn to Nelson's confident warmth. Nelson was a bit of a playboy. He was the guy that all the girls were attracted to. Uh, that's very appealing. Sheila can't hide her instant attraction to Nelson, and fueled by the boredom in her home life, she begins flirting with him. I think Sheila maybe found Nelson more exciting, more charismatic than Paul. She was just wanting to move on to bigger and better things, keeping her eye out for the next guy coming along. But as the conversation gets more personal, Sheila neglects to mention one important detail. Her husband, Paul. We knew that she had been married, but did not think that she had any you know, current husband. When somebody denies that they're married, they're denying it because they want to act like they're single. So it's not a good sign. You're manipulating somebody else into believing something that's not true. Just a few weeks after their initial flirtation, Nelson and Sheila meet up again. The chemistry between the co-workers is undeniable. Before long, their sexy flirtation goes from talk to action. This may have been the type of relationship that she never had before with Paul, and I think it was extremely passionate. Everything about the relationship is forbidden. Someone like Sheila, who's an excitement junkie, not only is she having an affair, but a lot of companies don't like the idea of dating somebody on the job because it creates a lot of potential problems. So you have that double whammy of excitement. Having sex deepens Sheila's attachment to Nelson, and the attractive research scientist finds herself falling hard for her colleague. But there's a problem. Sheila is still a married woman, and her husband Paul has no idea anything is going on. Separating from Paul isn't an option for her. She had been divorced once before. She didn't want the stigma of having a, a second divorce. 
Instead of leaving Paul, Sheila comes up with a bizarre plan to give her and Nelson some space. She made up a story about her schizophrenic brother who didn't know that she was married. Sheila told him that her brother you know, would become upset if he knew that she was uh, living with somebody. Sheila asks Paul if he can move out of the house while her brother is visiting. She just said emotionally he couldn't handle another man in Sheila's life. I can't see anybody being as accommodating as Paul was. Paul was really a good guy and just wanted to make things easier for Sheila. And Sheila sends Paul packing with more than a change of clothes. She wants all traces of him removed from their condo. She asked Paul to take any effects that would identify him, photos, clothing, work-related type of things with him. And, and he actually agreed to this and either move into a hotel or with friends. One kind of scratches their head. It's hard to imagine how a husband would put up with what Sheila was putting him through, telling him to move out all of his clothes like he doesn't exist in the apartment. A lot of men would be like, what are you nuts? But the distracted and trusting Paul does what his wife asks, and Sheila has the house to herself. But she's not home alone for long. Within hours of Paul clearing out, Nelson shows up. There was no indication that she had a husband, that anybody else was living there. Her complex scheme works, and Sheila is free to explore all of her fantasies with her new lover. With Sheila, this was an extreme passion. She definitely wanted a relationship with Nelson, and I think she would have went to any extent to get it. It's always exciting because it's always somewhat secretive. It's something you shouldn't be doing. And we all, on some level, love to do something we shouldn't be doing. By the end of their first steamy weekend, Sheila is hooked on Nelson. The unhappy wife has had a taste of the type of sexual gratification that she's been missing, and she'll do anything to get more of it. So she uses the same trick over and over again to get her home and her new lover all to herself. Paul would have to remove all of his items um, and hide them or take them with him, and he would go to a hotel or go to stay with family. Over the next three months, Paul is periodically kicked out of his own home. Sheila and Nelson engage in a torrid and very secret affair. It almost sounds like Sheila wanted to replace her husband with Nelson. And bringing him into her bed in her home was almost like having him be hers. It was symbolic of Nelson was replacing Paul. And she really liked that idea. And with each forbidden rendezvous, Sheila falls deeper in love. Possessing Nelson almost became an obsession. She wanted to be part of his life and wanted to be his girlfriend. For the moment, Sheila is having her cake and eating it too. But what will happen when she finds out that not everyone shares her appetite? Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. 
From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Janice from Warner Brothers Discovery. Have you ever heard the expression, perfect is the enemy of good? I think about that a lot, especially when it comes to my body and health, because perfect does not exist. It's a total trap. Noom isn't into this perfection thing either. Its unique approach is tailored to each person's psychology and biology. From coaching to recipes, Noom's app provides personalized information to help you on your journey, no one else's journey. I also think it's great that Noom doesn't restrict what you can eat, and it doesn't shame you for treating yourself. And treat yourself, you should. What's more, Noom's approach is grounded in science. They've even published more than 30 peer-reviewed scientific articles about how they work. To date, Noom has helped more than 5.2 million people lose weight by helping them build new habits for a healthier lifestyle. So why not give it a try? Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. It's fall 2001 in the Tony suburb of Pleasantville, New York. For the past three months, 32-year-old Sheila Davalu has been in the throes of a torrid love affair with her co-worker, Nelson. When someone is engaged sexually with somebody they're obsessed with, it can feel like this sense of oneness, of being loved in the right kind of way. Sex, in a way, can be like a drug. It can be a real high, especially when you're with somebody who's somewhat of a romantic fantasy. It just feels like the perfect moment. But Nelson is missing a critical piece of information. Sheila is married. Fortunately for the amorous scientist, her husband Paul is too busy to notice any change in her behavior. Paul is working too much to pay enough attention to her. He and Sheila were no longer living as lovers, but rather as friends. For Sheila, life is perfect. The stability of her married home life is intact, and she can indulge her wildest sexual desires whenever she wants. But the twisted house of cards she's built 
is about to come crashing down. In late November, Nelson sits her down to share some unwelcome news. He made it clear to Sheila that he was not dating her any longer. I believe Nelson felt that the relationship had really ran its course. Nelson explains there won't be any more hot trysts. That's not the only bombshell he drops on Sheila. It turns out that for the duration of their affair, Nelson has been anything but exclusive. Nelson apparently paid attention to, you know, several different women. He was obviously popular among the women. I think it was two different relationships. I think for Sheila, Nelson was someone that she had to be with. And I think for Nelson, it was somewhat of a casual dating type of relationship. Nelson flirts with many women in the office, but there's one in particular who's caught his eye. Her name is Annalisa Raimundo. Annalisa was a beautiful woman, uh, long brown hair, very pretty, very smart. She came from a very good family. Both of her parents were doctors. Annalisa went to Harvard, was athletic, played the piano. She just had everything going for her. And to make this romance even more bitter for Sheila, Nelson admits he's been seeing Annalisa on and off for the past year. I think Nelson found a more stable relationship with Annalisa, and they, they definitely had a lot of things in common. Given the sexual passion between Nelson and Sheila, this abrupt end to their trysts is crushing for the obsessed scientist. But she keeps her true feelings about it well hidden. She told him, that's fine, it was just a summer fling between us, and we could stay friends. Sheila doesn't cry, she doesn't scream, she doesn't beg him to take her back. That's really unusual. Nelson is relieved that his and Sheila's affair end so amicably. But the peace won't last for long. Over the next few weeks, Sheila is calm and collected at the office, but a storm of emotions is boiling under her seemingly cool exterior. Sheila looked healthy and presented really well, but scratch the surface and there's a lot going on that's really wacky. The exotic Middle Eastern beauty is anything but over Nelson, and she's not about to give him up so easily. Throughout the end of 2001, she tries to spend time with her ex-lover whenever she can. Sheila was very intelligent and manipulative, and so she could fly under the radar and perhaps not get caught or um, not, you know, give off the impression that she is obsessed with someone. I believe that Nelson had thought when he ended with Sheila that they just were friends. I don't think he realized the obsession that Sheila had with him. She's saying, you know what? I'm not going to accept Nelson breaking up with me and choosing somebody else. I'm not going to let that matter. I'm going to figure out how to win Nelson back. And if that means being his friend, then that's what I'll do. But while Sheila tries to remain on Nelson's radar, 
the office ladies' man seems to be giving up his old ways and settling down. Over the holidays, he goes home with Annalisa to meet her family. Certainly when couples bring each other home to their families, it certainly signifies that you're thinking about this person more seriously, that you're thinking about this person having a place in your future. By early 2002, Nelson and Annalisa are in an increasingly committed relationship. And Sheila is more fixated than ever on the woman who has replaced her in Nelson's life. Eager to confide in someone outside the office, Sheila finds the most unlikely of confidants, her husband, Paul. There's a need to talk about things that are upsetting. And at the end of the day, Paul was her friend, as well as being her husband. Happy to get back into his wife's good graces, Paul is glad to listen. Paul seemed to be very tolerant of his wife's ways. But Sheila can't divulge her infidelities without risking divorce. So she concocts an office love triangle involving a fictitious Jack and a made-up Melissa. Only one member of the group keeps her real name, Annalisa. He believed they were real people. He didn't realize they were substituted by um, the triangle that it was, Annalisa, Sheila, and Nelson. She knew she couldn't include herself in the mix. So it was another form, really, of manipulation and lying. Instead of talking about herself, she made it a fictional character, but it was close enough to her where the advice Paul was giving her felt gratifying. The conversations bring Paul a newfound sense of connection with his long-estranged wife. Sheila was including Paul in her world, and he wanted to be in her world, clearly. He still loved his wife. He still wanted to connect with her. But Sheila wants more from Paul than just advice. She has a secret plan, and he has the equipment she needs to execute it. Paul, at one point, had wanted to be a detective. He had night vision goggles and was happy to give it to her to get to the bottom of this love triangle. He thought it was funny. They were goofing around, that they were going to go spy and get some information. It was just all part of a game. But beneath the surface, this is far more serious, and the people Sheila intends to spy on are far more real. Throughout March of 2002, Sheila puts her spying skills to the test as she stalks Nelson and his lady love. Sheila would often drive to the house of Annalisa Ramundo and look and see if she could see anything inside. And if the lights weren't on, she would use the night vision goggles to try to see if he was there. But her overpowering obsession is pushing her to take risks. It's almost like she can't stop herself. And the more information she finds out, the more information she needs to get. So it's an obsession, it's a compulsion. And really at this point, Sheila is grossly out of control. In fact, on one evening in late March, Sheila's stalking is nearly exposed. She was spying on them one night and there was a headlight on her and she kind of panicked and left. But by the next day at work, it's clear that neither Nelson nor Annalisa have any idea that Sheila has been watching them. 
The scorned lover is playing a dangerous game. But is her luck running out? Or will a shocking move turn the players' lives upside down forever? In the leafy suburb of Pleasantville, New York, research scientist Sheila has been having an extramarital affair with a handsome colleague named Nelson. But by early 2002, Sheila finds herself pushed to the sidelines when Nelson falls for another coworker, an accomplished beauty named Annalisa Raimundo. Annalisa Raimundo was gorgeous. She was, they said, a type A personality and, and really went after things uh, 100%. They are the picture of a couple deeply in love. Nelson and Annalisa were drawn to each other. Maybe she struck Nelson as being very different from the women he had engaged with. I also didn't get the sense that she was one of his cheerleaders or one of his fans. And maybe that's why he was interested in her. To outsiders, the blossoming relationship seems to be getting more serious by the day. Nelson and Annalisa were in an ongoing, committed relationship. They had talked about marriage. At first, Sheila was obsessively fixated on her ex-lover and his new love, even going so far as spying on them with night vision. But by the summer of 2002, something has changed. Nine months have passed since Nelson broke up with Sheila, and the pair are back to being friends. They still had a lot in common, and they would listen to music together. They went, I think, to a U2 concert together, and he would walk her dog, and they kept a friendship. With Nelson and Sheila back on good terms, and his and Annalisa's relationship appearing stronger by the day, he looks like he has everything figured out. But on November 8th, 2002, that perfect facade is shattered forever. Just after noon, police in Stamford, Connecticut, receive a panicked emergency call. I think the guy is, is attacked my neighbor. I saw a guy go into her apartment. Police officers rush to the address and make a grisly discovery. They pushed open the door and found the victim uh, right in the foyer. The scene laid out before them is like something out of a horror film. Police know the victim is a female, but they cannot immediately identify her. She had numerous stab wounds uh, about her torso, and it looked like she had been bludgeoned about the head. We tried first to identify who our victim was because we weren't familiar with what sort of motivation would have brought such a vicious attack upon her. After checking the house and consulting with neighbors, investigators are able to identify the body. She is confirmed as 32-year-old Annalisa Raimundo. With Annalisa's identity established, investigators try to piece together how and why she was killed. They quickly rule out a burglary. It didn't appear that anything had been taken from the condominium. There's no sign of forced entry, so police believe that Annalisa had, had let her attacker in. 
Officers soon come to the conclusion that Annalisa probably knew her killer. The amount of violence used in this assault, we felt it was not a random crime. We definitely felt that there was some personal involvement. There's something about stabbing that's very intimate. You hold the person down, and that anger and aggression's indicative of, of people who know each other. Could the man the 911 caller said attacked Annalisa have been planning this? Or was the stabbing hatched in the heat of the moment? Before the investigation goes any further, Nelson arrives on the scene. Nelson was advised by police what had taken place. Nelson was very distraught, like he couldn't comprehend what had taken place. After helping him calm down, police take a statement at the scene. Nelson had, had been staying at, uh, at Annalisa's apartment. Um, uh, he said that they had sex that morning. He said goodbye. He goes to work. While the forensic team works to place the time of death, investigators continue to grill Nelson for information. After all, he appears to be the last one to have seen Annalisa alive. Could they have had a fight that turned violent? Whenever there is a murder, the person you look to first is the husband, the wife, the significant other, because they're the most likely candidate. With something like this, he's at the top of our list. There was definitely suspicion that maybe he had had something to do with it. But with no physical evidence pointing to Nelson as the killer, police press him for the names of anyone else who might have had a reason to harm Annalisa. As in any investigation, you would ask him, is there anyone that is capable of these actions? Nelson did give us the name of some prior women he had dated. He mentioned, you know, some other former girlfriends who might have been jealous of, of, of Annalisa. But curiously, there is one name that Nelson does not give investigators. Nelson never mentioned Sheila Davilo. After questioning Nelson at the scene, investigators let him go. Through the end of 2002 and into early 2003, the investigation into Annalisa's death continues, but no additional leads turn up. We didn't have any real strong suspects. We weren't finding any real viable information. Although he isn't charged, police keep a watchful eye on Nelson. Nelson was never totally eliminated as a suspect. Annalisa's violent murder leaves everyone who knew her stunned and reeling, especially her grieving boyfriend, Nelson, which is why some are surprised when, in the winter of 2003, less than six months after Annalisa's death, Nelson and Sheila reignite their extinguished passion. Eventually, they started going on ski weekends together, and they started sleeping together at, at the time. They were seeing each other about once a week for dinner, Sex was involved in a lot of those meetings. He and Sheila had a sexual romantic relationship in the past, so it didn't feel as wrong as maybe starting with a new person. At last, everything in Sheila's life is falling into place. She has her lover and the sex life she desires. But as her steamy love affair with Nelson heats up again, Sheila is faced with a familiar problem. She needs to get her unwitting husband, Paul, out of the house. But this time, Paul won't take things lying down. 
Paul said that he was fed up with having to, to pack up and essentially move out for a night or a weekend. Whether or not he's aware of his wife's extramarital activities is unknown. Paul is the only thing standing in the way of Nelson and Sheila's affair. The last person to do so wound up dead. It's March 2003. Just months after the murder of her coworker Annalisa, research scientist Sheila Davalu has resumed a secret affair with Annalisa's former boyfriend, Nelson. With Sheila, this was an extreme passion. She definitely wanted a relationship with Nelson, and I think she would have went to any extent to get it. But though Nelson is once again single, Sheila is still married. Now, the only thing that prevents her from being with Nelson permanently is her husband, Paul. They weren't really um, lovers anymore. They were more like roommates. It wasn't that he didn't care. They just weren't romantically together anymore as husband and wife. Though her relationship with her husband has been on ice for months, things are about to heat up. On the evening of March 23rd, 2003, Sheila has a surprise for Paul, a provocative plan that might help bring them closer together. Sheila came home one day and said, hey, uh, some people at work told me about this game. Let's play it. Sheila seems interested in lighting the fuse on the couple's strained marriage. She describes it as a way maybe to jumpstart their relationship. And, um, you know, Paul goes along. It sounded like Paul was really hopeful. His wife again was approaching him, and not only approaching him, but approaching him for a fun game. Why wouldn't a guy be interested? Tonight, Sheila wants to play, and it will be unlike anything Paul has ever experienced. Later that night, at 11.45 p.m., a panicked call comes into the Westchester County Hospital dispatcher. There is a man lying in the middle of the hospital parking lot, bleeding from wounds to his chest. It's Paul. He's barely conscious and totally disoriented. Paul was very confused. Within minutes, he's rushed into the emergency room where doctors identify three stab wounds. But there is other, even more surprising news. Despite his wounds, Paul struggles to explain what happened to police. And they can't quite believe what they're hearing. He says it was his wife who stabbed him during the kinky game. Paul stated that they were having some marital difficulties and that uh, in an effort to try and rekindle the relationship, Sheila had come up with a, a game that she wanted to play. To get started, all they need is a pair of handcuffs. Take turns lying on the floor, uh, put a blindfold on, and I'll put an item on top of you, and you have to guess what it is. At first, the game excites him. Sheila touches Paul with a candle. After a few moments, though, her touch starts to sting. Suddenly, Paul felt this sharp pushing feeling in his chest, and he was in pain and could feel that there was blood, and 
Sheila immediately apologized, and he insisted then that she remove the blindfold and, and realized that, you know, his chest was bloodied. He didn't know what had happened right away. He's feeling very lightheaded, realizes that he's bleeding. Paul tells the detective that he urges Sheila to call an ambulance. Paul remembers that she was on the phone and telling him she was calling 911 and saying to the ambulance, oh, you're delayed a little bit, you have another emergency. 30 minutes after being stabbed, with no ambulance in sight, Paul begs Sheila to help him. Paul was having a hard time breathing, and um, his vision was getting blurried, and finally said, will you drive me to the hospital? Paul says Sheila eventually agrees to bring him to the hospital parking lot, where his stab wounds immediately get attention. As Paul is whisked into surgery, police bring Sheila in for questioning. They take her back to Westchester County Police Headquarters, and they interview her. Right away, she tells a very different version of the story. Sheila had told us that uh, Paul had came home from work and he was bleeding and he needed help and she rushed him to the emergency room. Up to now, police have withheld information about Paul's condition from Sheila, but when they reveal that Paul is alive and conscious and has named her as the person who stabbed him, the sexy scientist is trapped in her own lies. We're basically like, you know, stop. We, we talked to Paul. You didn't kill him. And, you know, he's not dead. Why don't you tell us what really happened? Sheila says she was embarrassed to admit how Paul got hurt, but insists his injuries were accidental. She said that they were playing a game of rubbing objects on each other and that he leaned into the knife. She made a phone call to 911, and eventually she claimed that the ambulance can't come, and eventually she finally decided, okay, I'll drive you to the hospital. But police tell Sheila they've checked the log sheets, and they can't find any trace of the 911 call she claimed she made. So she was pretending to speak to an operator on the other line. And to make matters worse for the seductive beauty, there's one other part of the story that no one has mentioned that points the finger firmly at Sheila. At around 11.30 p.m., a car was seen pulling up to the Westchester County Hospital parking lot. The driver is identified as Sheila Davalu. The passenger is her wounded husband, Paul. According to a witness, a fight between Sheila and Paul ensues. They had noticed a man screaming for help, saying, get away from me, get away from me, you're trying to hurt me. And as Paul yells for help, Sheila appears to run away. Sheila had jumped in her vehicle and fled the area. With evidence mounting and her lies not adding up, Sheila is booked for first-degree assault. By the next day, the papers are full of details of Sheila Davalu's escapades. The media originally jumped on the Davalu story because of the handcuff angle. One of the readers is Sheila's current lover, Nelson. Nelson's girlfriend, Annalisa, was stabbed in November 2002, and for the past two months, he's been rekindling his relationship with Sheila. The story in that day's paper contains shocking details that will thrust Nelson and Sheila's love life into the spotlight and uncover some dark secrets they've worked very hard to keep buried. 
Sheila Davalu has stabbed her husband, Paul, in an attempt to be rid of him so she can start a new life with her lover, Nelson. Now, he's just seen an account of the attempted murder in a local paper. The article about Sheila contains a number of stunning revelations, not least of which is the mention of her husband, Paul. He never knew that Sheila was married during the time he was seeing her. And, you know, that uh, came as uh, quite a shock to him. He started to put two and two together, and he was immediately aware that, wow, this woman is capable of something more than I ever imagined. Finally clued in to Sheila's true dark side, Nelson immediately calls police. It's like, wait a minute, I didn't even know she was married. She's living this this kind of double life. He said, you, you know, you might want to take a look at her uh, in Annalise's murder. When Nelson was first questioned by cops, they wanted to know if any of his ex-girlfriends might want to cause Annalisa harm. But he never offered Sheila's name. I believe Nelson didn't bring up uh, Sheila because uh, the relationship in his mind was not nearly as serious as it was for Sheila. In his mind, it was a non-factor. Nelson really wasn't aware of how obsessed Sheila was with him. Maybe he just wasn't plugged in. Maybe she just wasn't that important to him. For Sheila, that's all she's thinking about. Nelson was going to be hers. And she doesn't care if people need to die in order for her to get him. In the past, police believe that either Nelson or one of his jealous girlfriends was behind Annalisa's death. Now, when police go back to examine evidence in the case, it seems that Nelson may be as innocent as he claims. Proof comes from the 911 call made minutes after the attack on Annalisa. like somebody was trying to alter their voice and make it hard to identify them. It was to throw the police off, to make it seem like um, that, you know, Annalisa had been attacked uh, by a man. If police are convinced that it was a man attacking her, there would be no reason to suspect uh, Sheila or any other woman. They did an extensive voice analysis with this 911 call and pretty much said this is Sheila Davalu. Police re-examine other clues found at the scene there was some blood found under a, a sink handle in the lower bathroom in Annalisa Ramundo's uh, condo and that it was that of Sheila Davalu. Now, police are able to piece together the details of Annalisa's murder. On November 8th, 2002, Annalisa is home. Um, you know, Sheila comes to the house. I think Annalisa put up a, uh, a very determined struggle, but the perhaps was taken by surprise, and as she lost blood, her ability to continue to struggle wanes. We theorized that during this frenzied stabbing attack, 
that Sheila Davila actually stabbed herself and at some point went into the bathroom to clean up, and that's when that commingled DNA was found on the bathroom faucet. Sheila Davalu is charged with Annalisa Raimundo's murder. Before standing trial, however, she is tried for attempting to kill her husband, Paul Christos. It was a non-jury trial, and after the uh, presentation of evidence and closing statements, the judge found Sheila guilty of attempted murder in the second degree. She was sentenced to 25 years. Eight years later, Annalisa Raimundo's murder trial begins in Stamford, Connecticut. Representing the defendant is none other than Sheila Davalu herself. While she was a very smart woman, um, she really didn't know the intricacies of trial practice. Sheila's brilliance in the science lab doesn't translate to the courtroom. The most prominent piece of evidence from the prosecution side was that DNA, especially because they had nearly 10 years to put together this case and the DNA evidence had evolved. So that was their most pressing piece of evidence saying, why else would her DNA be in this condo? After two and a half weeks, a jury finds Sheila Davalu guilty of first degree murder. Sheila had basically no reaction to the verdict when it was read. Sheila Davila was fling with Nelson It ended, but she couldn't accept that. She was obsessed with Nelson. She had to be with him. And the problem was that two people were standing in her way, Nelson's girlfriend and her own husband. Sheila really saw things in black and white. And if somebody was a threat to her, you just eliminate them. You kill them off. The whole story is tragic because you had four very promising people, everything going for them, and all their lives were ruined by this. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.